Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing about whatever you want to know about. It's our listener, our second listener Q&A. And that's exciting. I'm super excited. One quick thing though, Gina, I, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a stat stalker and I thought I could, we're coming up Mm -hmm. on a year of podcasting, which is kind Mm -hmm. of crazy. So just a little bit of uh, detail here. Our first episode was published December 21st. Not quite a year, but uh, in that time, just interestingly, most of our listeners, not shockingly, are from the U.S. However, Canada, the U.K., Poland, and Australia come in kind of like all close second. And we even oh, have wow. a listener in Uganda. Really? Yes. I so, wonder. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I hello had no idea. in Uganda. That's wow. So, um, 76% of our listeners use iPhones. I don't find that shocking at all. No. But today, the 19th. Wait, today's the 18th, right? Today's the mm-hmm. 18th today's of the November. 18th. Mm-hmm. We've already surpassed the number of downloads for October, and it's only the 18th. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> I feel like the snowball's rolling. You know, at first it was just not, you know, I don't think anyone other than our family and friends that we begged to listen <laughs> actually listen. <laughs> there might have been like some side payments going on, uh, but I feel like we're picking up speed and it's, it's happening. Do you feel yeah. it? I do. I feel it. And you know what? Even I am just having so much fun, truthfully, even if we don't get a ton of listeners, even I, I feel like the, having the listeners is, is a bonus. I'm just really enjoying this. I think I've said this before. I just love to learn and being forced to look up these topics before we podcast every you know week or three times a month is just really helpful for me. I'm just learning so much. And obviously having listeners is, is a bonus that we cherish. But uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm really enjoying it. So yeah. Same Z's for sure. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And to your point, you got to be on your toes. People are going to be the first person to call you out if you misstep one word or misquote, you name it. Which I've known to do, which I looked up the whole, you know, 5K thing. And I, I always thought that a 5K was 3.2 miles. And I think it's because a, a, a marathon is 26.2 miles. So I had the 0.2 in my head. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I was, we off that podcast last time and I was like, it's 3.2 miles, right? And then I'm like, oh crap, she's right. <laughs> 3.1. Yeah. I've, I've run a lot of those in my day. So I should, yeah. I should definitely know that. Well, so that's just our, that's just bringing you up to speed on, statistics for dietitians dish podcast. Yeah. What's going on in what's going on in Columbus G? So speaking of running, I'm basically eating crow over here because Nick has been running. I think I I told everyone last time that I haven't seen Nick run. I've probably seen him run once in the uh let's see 13 plus years we've been together. So he's been running once or twice a week to get ready for this 5 miler turkey trot that we're running on Thanksgiving. I'm not going to lie. I was really nervous for him, but he's been kicking my butt. <laughs> it is so embarrassing. I've been running for 10 plus years. I'm not an avid runner by any means. When I say run, it's normally a jog. And the longest I've really ever run is about 11 miles, which I was pretty proud of. That was a while ago. 
I generally run about five miles here and there, you know, once a week. He can keep up with me and he is, I find, pushing me to run uh, faster. So definitely surprised. And we have been running together about four miles once a week, pushing the kids. So he'll push Cameron or Paige and we'll kind of switch off. Um, So we've been pushing about 30 to 40 pounds. So I think he's going to kill it on Turkey Trot Day. Yeah, I'm impressed. Go Nick. Yeah. It's coming so naturally to him. It's frustrating. I know, but it's so annoying. (laughs) And the whole, well, there's so many other things that he, yeah, you know, regarding nutrition that I just get so annoyed by with him that I wish I could be more like him, his his metabolism and just his metabolics. The fact that, you know, I'm the one with the the high um, hemoglobin A1C and he eats all the sugar. So annoying. Girl, All right. welcome to my world. <laughs> I, I tell everybody, I'm like, I work really hard for this body. I know you can't tell, but I work really hard for it. <laughs> so. Well, just That's imagine a huge if joke we, if anyone knows what I look like. <laughs> you look fine, Nicole. Stop it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think to myself, what if I didn't, you know, what if I wasn't a dietitian or I didn't care about my health? I mean, I probably, I would have diabetes. I clearly would. <laughs> Even at a normal weight, I think I'd have diabetes. Yeah. So. Anyway, it's have it's, you it's humbling, right? Like, I mean, it's absolutely it's just good. Um, it, and it's I'm, good and for I'm us to struggle sometimes. It it helps us. It helps us as, as dietitians for sure, for sure. Okay, so I have a question, and just regarding poor sleep, I had the worst night of sleep last night. So if I sound delirious right now, even though it's really weird, I'm pretty much wide awake, wired again. Do you guys do you ever have those weeks or days when you're just wired? There's no reason. I even drank less coffee today. Yeah, I I have been sleeping horribly as well. It's funny you say that. I've been uh, chewing on the kids' melatonin gummies uh, when I can remember. <laughs> uh, I have a melatonin right here to start nibbling on like halfway into our podcast. <laughs> so I'll fall asleep. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I, I I don't know what your tricks are for that, but if you've got any, I've been I've been not only having difficulty falling asleep, which is so abnormal for me, but I'm also getting up mm-hmm. at four o'clock in the morning and unable to go back mm-hmm. to sleep. Truly, this morning Ooh. I was up at four o'clock and did not go back to bed. Uh, yeah. I feel like I'm in college again because I'm somehow surviving on these like three to four hour nights. Yeah. I just don't know what. So I, I have definitely started keeping like a little sleep journal. And, and, I de- and I would say about seven to 10 days before my period is when I start struggling to sleep. And it's usually on the dot, either seven days out or 10 days out to the, to the day. And then every day up until then, I'm fine. And then I start my period and usually day two of my period, I can't fall asleep. And it usually has to do with my basal um, temperature, I believe. I'm just, I feel like I'm a little bit more warm and that keeps me up. I think we talked about it on one of our previous episodes where I think that the uh, the best temperature to sleep is somewhere around 67 to 71 or something. And I just, I just feel too hot to sleep. It's nothing to do with the temperature in the room. It's really just my body is just too warm. So I'm really hoping that I don't have that same issue tonight, but I feel wide awake, which is very strange considering I got maybe four and a half hours of sleep last night. Anyway, (laughs) moving along, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. All right. So I just wanted to kind of point out real quick. So I, I, we've talked about before how I just, I don't think either of us want to be those mom or dad parents who makes a big deal about certain snacks that are served in our preschool or kindergarten or whatever it is, school rooms, but I have turned into one. So the other day, Paige came home and told me, I said, I always ask her what she had for a snack just because I'm curious. 
they usually have a list of just like a basic guideline of what they're going to serve, but it doesn't, they don't always stick to it. The other day she said they had pop tarts and chicken nuggets for snacks. <laughs> and it was just the last straw. And, and you it died was, inside. You were like, oh my God, I'm paying you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was right after Halloween. This was too, you know, they had just had, you know, a whole week of candy and cupcakes and cookies, whenever else, you know, the kids were bringing in, which, you know, is acceptable. It's, I'm fine with it. But it's like after that, rain it in, like Pop-Tarts for a snack. So I wasn't mean about it, but I did say something to the teacher, something along the lines of, you know, is Pop-Tarts a typical snack for you guys? And what she said was at the end of the month, I guess they run low on snacks. So they only go to the store once or uh, once every other week or something like that. So that's all they had around. And I'm like, get graham crackers and a a jar of peanut butter. Yeah. Or, you know, ask for help from parents. I will gladly bring in snacks. Like, I don't want to be that parent who sends Paige with a snack, a special snack that only she can eat. You know, I don't want her to have the snack that is served. But if, if they ask us to bring in some snacks when they don't have any, I will gladly do that. Mm -hmm. But the pop tart thing was just, because I'd heard that now. That was the second time I'd heard that. So that's why I actually said something. If it was just one time, maybe. That was the second time. And then they had chicken nuggets with that. I'm just like, that is weird. So anyway, mm. I I try not to make a big deal about it. She was, she explained, I mean, she did say that they would, you know, try to do better. And I appreciated that. Yeah. Wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> all right. What's what's new with you? That's all I got. Uh, Not a whole lot. You know, the Midwest got pummeled with snow last week. We had our first snow day. Insert eye roll. Um, so what does that mean? What do you mean? When you say snow day, like the first day it snowed, or it was like a, no, as your in kids like have the, a snow day. Yeah, like the kids did not oh. have daycare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? lovely. Yeah, November like twelfth. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Yeah, it was oh my gosh. last Tuesday. I want to say so. I think I've said my daycare does not prorate the tuition, so. It's the same cost, whether they cancel for snow days, you know, like the polar vortex, they were closed for a week and the families Mm -hmm. were just outraged that, you know, they're not paying the teachers and the tuition isn't being prorated. It's just it's a load of crap. And then there's just the bustle of finding. Yeah. Coverage for the day. And yeah, yeah. exactly. So not the ideal start to the winter, but, um, and people are just kind of joking. Their lawn is like lasagna. You've got leaves, snow, leaves, snow, <laughs> leaves. It's just a mess. Lasagna. Um, That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My coworker told me that one. I was like, That's so true. Uh, other than that, packing for Cancun, leaving Friday morning. So today's oh, Monday wow. night, we leave Friday morning. Um, I can't really think of anything else. Not a whole lot going on. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Trying to get in the holiday spirit a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Trying to get organized, uh, Mm -hmm. which includes getting our next podcast organized. (laughs) Yeah, I love your text today. Like, so you are in doing the next podcast, right? I'm like, yep, that empty Google Doc. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, no, I think I looked ahead at the WordPress, um, our WordPress document for this one thinking, am I supposed to start this one? Because I always start it so, so ahead of time. But, you know, that's just me. You, know, we're opposites when it comes so to that. good. It does not make me any better than you. You always get it finished. So there is nothing <laughs> wrong with, you know, the, you have a method to your madness. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I just operate on luck and caffeine. I don't know. It's it's all. I'm glad I have you fooled, Gina. <laughs> I'm definitely fooled. All right. So, OK, 
This is exciting. So I've mentioned it before on this podcast, uh, but some nights when I get home at five, this is something actually new that I'm, I was going to bring up in, at the end of our podcast. I'm going to go ahead and, and bring it up now because it makes sense. Um, some nights when I get home at five or 5.30, I just struggle getting wholesome, balanced, and tasty meals on my plate and, of course, the rest of my family, such as tonight. All I want to do is play with my kids and give them my attention, which is what they and I crave, believe it or not. So meals uh, sometimes get a little attention. Uh, as we've talked about on this podcast before, I just really don't have time to make dinner on most nights. Recently, I decided to try Yumble. I actually put a story on our Instagram not too long ago about when we got our first box of Yumble and opened it up and how excited my kids were. If you've heard of Yumble, and I Nick thought it was Yumbly, but I've actually confirmed that it is Yumble, Y-U. M-B-L-E. You possibly have heard about it from the Shark Tank, and that was originally where I'd heard about it. So it's a mom-run company that is sort of like Blue Ribbon for kids. Blue Apron. Um, but there's no, I'm sorry. Yes, Blue Apron. <laughs> thank you. What's Blue Ribbon? A blue Ribbon is a, a meat distributor. Blue Apron for kids. But there's no cooking involved. So basically, you just get the frozen meals sent to you. Um, you can choose either six, 12, or 24 frozen meals, depending on how many kids you have and and really how often you think you're going to use it throughout the week. Uh, they're all organic and they can be used for lunches or for dinner. So if your kids go to a school like mine where they do have access to a microwave, you can send it to them in, as their lunch and then they can nuke it for, you know, 60 seconds. They also come, they're also available in meal kits that actually don't even need to be heated up. So you can just send it with your kid and then they can put it in the refrigerator and it'll be ready by the time that it's lunchtime. So on those nights, you just don't have time to cook or you'd rather just do a little less kitchen cleanup, pop in a Yumble meal and it's ready in 60 to 90 seconds. And on those mornings, you forget uh, to pack a lunch for your kids. Just grab a Yumble meal and that doesn't require one that doesn't require heating if, you know, your kids don't have a, a microwave. This is not your typical frozen meal like those frozen dinners my mom used to buy me sometimes as a kid. I don't know if you remember those, Nicole, mm -hmm. but... They were terrible. Of course, I think I probably loved them as a kid. Um, this is actually balanced and kid approved. So if you use the code DIETDISH50, that's D-I-E-T-D-I-S-H-5-0, you'll get your first two weeks 50% off. Um, and here's the great thing. You can actually skip weeks whenever you'd like. So simply log into your account and skip a week or five if you desire. It's up to you. I really do think you'll enjoy this service as much as we have. We just did it for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And I'll talk, kind of talk to you a little bit about it briefly at the end um, of our episode here. But that's Diet Dish 50, D-I-E-T-D-I-S-H 50 at checkout for 50% off your first two weeks. I highly recommend it. So yeah, it's, it's going to be kind of my, at the end, my new uh, like mom win slash favorite new products, the Yumble. Yeah, I'm excited. I want to try them for sure. Sound really good, yeah. Got to right. got to keep it easy sometimes. So oh, I guess absolutely. we can kind of hop into our Q and A, and mm -hmm. so these are all listener questions that flowed in over the past I don't know six weeks or so. Um, mm -hmm. Had to do some crowd sourcing out there, but Gina, what is your favorite junk food? Yeah, you know I don't necessarily love calling anything junk food, but true that that purposes. was the chosen word from the listener, which is okay. <laughs> It's fine. Completely fine. But my answer, I don't want anyone to think that I actually think it's junk food. But of course, the typical thing that comes to my mind would be pizza. And I guess I would call it junk food only because I think to myself is I pick something that I would love to eat every day, all day, but probably wouldn't be benefit beneficial to my body if I did. And that would be pizza. 
specifically Tommy's Pizza from Columbus, Ohio. So if you're from Columbus and you know what I'm talking about, hopefully you're nodding your head like yes in agreement because it is the best pizza and I would eat it all day, every day if I could. And then of course, as probably this does not shock anyone listening to the podcast, ice cream, specifically again, they have a brand, Graders from Cincinnati, Ohio. I have never, and I probably never will find a a better ice cream uh, ever. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Oh, and also the one, the other thing I have on here is my other favorite thing, I guess, number three would be just a big old scoop of buttercream icing and it has Uh, to be real buttercream. How can you say that? uh, Oh gosh. Cream cheese frosting. Yes. Oh, not buttercream. No, buttercream's where it's at. You're so funny. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's good. <laughs> I have so many. This was a hard one for me. I think French fries are probably one of my favorite foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also really grown in my love for like a good cheeseburger. I don't, there's something mm-hmm. about it that just really hits the spot. And it's something I don't really make at home all that much. I'm always a sucker for like warm cookies or fudgy brownies. And this is kind of, or this is totally random, but my best friend turned me on to this one cottage cheese and it has to be full fat with Frito scoops. Mm. Can you, can mm. you, can you picture it? Can I you? mean, I can picture it. I can, I can, I feel like it needs some chili on top or something. Mm. No, it doesn't. Trust me. No, no. Okay. Just full fat cottage cheese and Frito scoops. And of course, mac okay. and cheese. And I'm not talking like the box stuff. I'm talking no. like bar food, real cheese with maybe some brisket on top. Like now we're talking. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Didn't we have that when we yes, were? Yes. That's okay. exactly where I'm thinking of. Greenbush for all you people local to Southwest mm. Michigan. Yes. Um, that's an easy question to answer. Definitely. But I, not- I, know I noticed in my later years, later, whatever. Um, your older year, your older In my age. mid-30s, I'm noticing that I really prefer more savory foods to sweet. Mm-hmm. I think I would agree with you, even though the majority of what I said was sweet. But truly, the only sweets I ever really crave or buttercream icing and, and ice cream. Otherwise, I could probably go without sweets. Although now that you mentioned warm cookies and fudge brownies, I mean, I'm with you on that for sure. Mm-mm-mm. All right. So Gina, <laughs> now that what? my mouth is watering. I know, right? I, a good thing we've already consumed dinner. Um, what athletic or physical accomplishment are you most proud of? I loved this question. I know. And it was really hard for me to, to really pinpoint that because First of all, I'm not really an athlete and I never really have been. I've always been super fast. You know, when I, I, when it came to sports growing up, I always was really good at just being fast. So when I was playing softball, I wasn't great, but I was really good at running the bases, for example. Uh, but I've never done anything really I've, like what you have on what you're going to talk about. I've never done anything like that, which I won't give it away. But I will say the thing that I'm most proud about is simply my relationship with exercise over the past 10 years. I've ebbed and flowed as far as um, my relationship with exercise as well as with food. And I I know for a long time there, I had a very negative relationship with exercise and that I always, I I just didn't feel good about myself unless I got a good workout in. And I will say, I still do. And I think you probably saw a little bit of this when we were in um, Philadelphia. I do still feel like the need to be active on most days, really for those endorphins. But I can skip a day of working out and be okay with it, which is something, you know, I did not use to ever be able to do. And I, I'm really proud of myself for that. It's taken a lot and I'm, I feel like I'm finally there. 
I, I also am having a better relationship with the rings on my watch <laughs> that I used to be obsessed with, which I'm very much not anymore. And that's the, fa- the past three days. I have not closed all my rings. Gasp. Uh, but I will also say that I feel as of right now, even though, you know, I don't necessarily work out every single day, but I work out on majority of days. I feel very much that I'm in the best shape I've ever been. So I go to workout classes and I feel really good about, you know, my activity level and just how, how good, how in shape I am. And I feel very proud of myself for that. I'm always, you know, increasing my weights when we're doing some type of resistance training. I'm pushing myself harder on the bike or, you know, going running with my husband, who's apparently faster than me. <laughs> so I feel like I'm in the best shape I've ever been. And I'm proud of myself for that, too. That's awesome. I'm like the exact opposite. <laughs> um, what? My my life is kind of like sandwiched. Like I started. I don't I don't know, but. Being overweight is what drove me to exercise um, mm-hmm. at the time, probably. I, I don't want to say out of necessity, but it was something that I needed to kind of welcome with open arms in my life. And I actually just was meeting with a patient today who I'm really struggling with <laughs> any type of behavior change and finding any type of intrinsic motivation to do anything other than oh. Facebook and whatever other random stuff he does during the day. Um <laughs> But I, the summer I started running, I was overweight and I don't know what got into me one morning, but I was like, I'm just going to run down the block and go as far as I can. And the next day I'm going to just go one step further and one step like, so every day it was just one step further than the day before. And by the end of the summer, I was running, um, about a 5k at that point, you know, school was getting, this is probably going into my sophomore year. I wanted to join a sport other than hockey. Um, and the only sport that did not have tryouts was cross country. So I joined cross country at my high school, 4,000 kids. So I was one of like, you know, 600 on the cross country team. Literally, we had like four buses for the guys and four buses for the girls to every meet we showed up for. But I got pretty good through that. And then by my senior year, I wanted to, well, through the cross country team, we volunteered at the Chicago Half Marathon handing out water. And there is something very, um, you know, just to me, it just gives me goosebumps with just pride. And I, there's just something so powerful about distance racing and and what it takes to do something like that. And I was like, I'm yeah. going to do this. And I actually had to quit the cross country team my senior year so that I could pursue marathoning. And I did first a half marathon and then decided that I wanted to do a full marathon. So I did my first full marathon. I think I was 18 and I killed it. It was like 406. I always know my time. 406. 608, 40806, something like that. Anyway, it was like 920 miles, which I'm oh, wow. super proud of. Yeah, I know. It was like I was in killer shape, Gina. Like you're in the best shape of your life now. Like I was in the best shape of my life then. I mean, I, I was killing it. I actually placed wow. second in the Chicago ha- uh, quarter marathon, which it oh was gosh. maybe the second Wait, annual. Wait, what? You, you yeah. placed second in the quarter marathon yes, my in mile, Chicago? Correct. My mile splits were 647. Wow. I know. Impressive. So I would say that is almost, I'm not going to say like elite athlete status, but I was a bomb runner. And at the time, I didn't even like realize I was that good. That quarter marathon, my high school boyfriend was like chasing me being like, well, no, that's not even true. Somebody at one of the water stops was like, you're the first female. You're the first female. And I'm like, female. And I'm like, what the F are you talking about? Like, there's no way, you know, like I didn't go into this race. Like, you know, most people are like training to win it. I was just like out there running. And then the last, you know, quarter mile, I just 
pooped out. And I remember my boyfriend running alongside me being like, she's coming up behind you. And I'm like, dude, (laughs) this is mile like seven. And I've just like gone all out. Like I cannot. Um, And now I'm totally like you. I'm I don't know if we run a similar pace or not, but I definitely mm-hmm. qual- qualify myself now as a jogger. So I, yeah. <laughs> my mile splits are like 40% slower than they were at one point, <laughs> but I'm like, okay with it. Like to Who your cares? point, it's yeah. still a great cardiovascular exercise. Yeah. Fortunately, my body's really held up with, I mean, I don't put on a lot of miles anymore, but you know, mm-hmm. if I want to have a 20 mile week or something like that, my body can do it and it's, it's, it's good. So I would say mm-hmm. marathoning is for sure what I'm most proud of. Oh, yeah. You think you'll ever get back into it? Oh, Gina. Well, that it's funny you asked that. So I did a second marathon. Um, what I must have been in college. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Anyway, it was a couple years later. And I was obviously still very young. And I just didn't put in the training that I had for my first marathon. Uh, and so I missed like my 18 mile run and my 20 mile run and maybe like a 22, if that was part of the training, it probably, yeah, I don't know, maybe usually sometimes I only did a 20, uh, but I just didn't get those long runs in and missed like a couple 14s and 15s, man, it was like brutal. I remember the last six miles. I was like, Nicole, remember this moment. This sucks so bad. Like you have to remember this. If you ever get the brainiac idea to ever do this again, remember this moment. And I just remember replaying it in my mind, like over and over. So it's like burned into my skull to like never commit to something like that again, because the hitting the hitting the wall is such a real thing. Um, your body just really. And the the time, I mean, you're talking four miles or four hours of training yeah, on a given day. Like who, I mean, that's a, that's I a have zero job. desire. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like been there, done that kind of thing. Super proud of it. Quite honestly, if anybody has that inkling, I think it's something, it, it, it is a powerful, powerful, powerful experience. And so if that's something you're interested in, like more power to you, totally do it. You will not regret mm-hmm. it. Um, but maybe one is good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Check it off your list. (laughs) Bucket list. (laughs) Totally. Um, All right. Sorry. Like went off about that. Um, So Gina, what does a typical, this is an interest. These questions are all over the place. That's why I love them. What does a typical day of food look like for you? Okay. So I do actually have a typical day starting with my Chobani hint Greek yogurt. I vary different flavors, peach, strawberry, cherry with a scoop of almond butter. And then typically a half or a whole 88 acres bar. That's what I have for breakfast. And then I also have that with a cup of coffee, just black coffee. But I also add that collagen powder that I was talking about before Mm -hmm. that I get from Amazon, just a basic collagen powder. And it actually kind of makes it taste a little bit creamier, but it doesn't really have a flavor, which I, which I like. You wouldn't even really know it's in there, but it's really good. All right. So after that, I usually don't have any snacks. Typically, some days I'm I'm more hungry than others, so I might have, I don't know, another half of a bar or uh, maybe some cashews. Uh, but typically, I just go straight to lunch, and that's usually when I have at work a large salad. And when I say large, I'm talking like I I will put basically every vegetable, maybe even some type of a grain on top, dressing, uh, some type of a grilled chicken or egg or salmon. And then, or just a piece of protein, like the same things I just mentioned, chicken or salmon, or even like a pork chop or something, depending on where I eat at work and roasted vegetables. 
That's typically what I have. So typically it's just basically a vegetable, a lot of vegetable, and then a protein for my lunch. And then for snack, I might have a piece of fruit or a veggie cup, so more vegetables. And then dinner, when I get home from work, is usually leftovers because, as I've said before, I usually only cook on the weekends. Uh, or we'll make maybe something simple like avocado toast for for dinner or eggs uh, with, you know, a side of vegetables. But typically it's just leftovers and a cup of almond milk. And then sometimes I'll have a glass of wine, but I try to only do wine on the weekends. And then I typically have some type of a late night snack and it's usually a scoop of peanut butter and a piece of toast or ice cream, which I've kind of cut out since I've had that high hemoglobin <laughs> A1C reading. Uh, or what else do I have for my snack? Maybe a piece of fruit. I just had a clementine before coming down here. And maybe I'll have like a LaCroix sometimes for my like sweet, especially this key lime LaCroix that kind of tastes a little bit sweet. But yeah, as I say this out loud, it doesn't seem like a lot of food, but yeah, I mean, that's just a basic overview. I think there's definitely times when I eat more than that and times that I eat less. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, kind of unlike you, <clears throat> my diet is very, it varies a lot. Um, okay. The only thing that is consistent in my life is iced coffee. <laughs> so I start, oh, yeah. I start the, oh yeah, you took pictures of me like loading up in <laughs> Pennsylvania. Um, so I would say 16 to 24 ounces if I was being honest, um, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. like this morning I would say was closer to like 12 to 16. So that was good. When that's, I, okay. That's my goal, but it doesn't happen. I, I'd probably consume eight to 12 ounces total of coffee a day because I, I, I should have said right when I wake up in the morning, I also have a, a glass of um, or a, a mug of coffee, of hot coffee. So it's not just when I get to work with my breakfast. I also have one when I wake up. So anyway. But yours is black, at least. It is. It is. I, I'm, I am not a big kid yet. I, but I use the smallest. I, I'm justifying my actions here. I use the most minute amount of coffee creamer and none of the, like the low fat sugar free. Yeah, blah, blah. you're fine. You don't have to justify um, that. A very small amount. A little bit goes a long way. And then mm-hmm. I use more whole milk, like a, maybe three tablespoons. I don't know. Okay. But to me, iced coffee has to have fat in it. Mm, has to. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Skim, ugh, I'll just pass. Um, but I would agree. That is my go-to. So usually before I leave the house in the morning, that is all that's happened um, is, is that. And then I'll usually do some type of a breakfast on the go. So you, lately it's been a perfect bar or a built bar. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of my go-to, go-tos. Um, it just not because I love bars. I, I mean, I do, but it's they're just, just quick and easy. And then yeah. usually mid-morning I'll have a piece of fruit. So every morning... I. On my desk, I look like a dietitian. I always have an apple. I always have banana. And sometimes there's like berries or clementines or kind of whatever is in season. But it's always sitting there. So I know if I get hungry, it's right there. So yeah, that's just a suggestion. And then lunch is o- almost always leftovers. Sometimes I'll add a salad like from work or a cup of soup. But usually it's almost always leftovers. Uh, I don't usually snack in the afternoon because I work out when I get home from work. And I usually am leaving work um, at a pretty decent hour. And then dinner varies big time. So like tonight was chicken pot pie, like homemade, um, not a mm. cross, but it had like Pillsbury biscuits on top. It was really good. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. But it I mean, it could be anything. It could be like stir fry type stuff, but it's usually always like meat, meat starch, vegetable of some kind, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. some some version of that. Um, you know, I love my one pot dishes and and things like that. But yeah, super yeah. variable. Some nights, some nights may include wine or beer, um, but I'm not a huge snacker at night. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I would rather drink alcohol because that's why I would rather have like a drink than eat. 
Mm-hmm. But I try to do neither. Like I'll, I'll try and do fruit or something along those lines. But I feel like sometimes it's just I go to bed early enough that I don't, yeah, I don't really need it. And I think for me, mm-hmm. I exercise kind of just blunts my hunger for a period of time. So if I exercise in the early evening, I'm not typically that hungry. Yeah, it's so true. Exercise does the same thing to me. I, I feel like I eat less on days that I work out in the morning. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, there's, it actually is backed by science. That's not just a made up mm-hmm. statement. It is actually true. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. We, so you're very consistent and I'm very not. <laughs> Although I, I'm consistent, but I'm also not because I will say, I mean, generally I, I aim for the same things for lunch. I'm always trying to get the majority of my vegetables at lunch because it's so easy to get vegetables where I work and they're so tasty. So it's either a salad or just a big bowl of roasted vegetables. It depends on where I go. The protein's always different, but I, I probably eat something different for lunch every single day, week to week, but it's generally the same week to week. So like Monday, I'll eat something different. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then I'll kind of repeat that same thing the next the next week. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, for for dinners too, even even though it's typically leftovers, it's usually different from day to day. Uh, but generally the same thing. I Are your made, kids okay with leftovers? Mm-hmm. My kids have become just a, a, such, I can't wait to do our follow-up on choosy eaters because I can't even give you an answer to that. I, I think they are. I don't even know. <laughs> like Cameron does not eat anything, mm-hmm. but I do offer them leftovers. And yes, they will generally eat. I made pork, um, like a, a pork tenderloin the other day. And I, uh, this was actually on sun. No, this was on Saturday. We heated it up. It's just like one of those simple pork tenderloins you buy at the grocery store. It's already marinated. Mm-hmm. And Cameron loves that kind of stuff. And he ate the leftovers today. So yes, I guess in that case he did. And yes, Paige will typically do leftovers too. I mean, we'll make a big thing of, of eggs or macaroni and cheese and um, roasted uh, Brussels sprouts and broccoli. And they will always eat those heated up. Yes. That's awesome. I shouldn't say always. Majority of time they do. When I try and serve leftovers, Piper goes, or actually Shay is the one that does it more. She'll go, we just had that. I'm like, you guys are <laughs> rotten. I mean, they, ex- and then tonight I make this beautiful pot pie. They wouldn't touch it. I'm like, mm. you guys hurt my feelings. <laughs> you just oh, hurt my that feelings. is so <laughs> typical. I mean, I will, I, I will be in the kitchen for two hours making a dinner and they won't eat it. I'll throw together something in two seconds and they'll, you know, scarf it down. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's kids for you. <laughs> Gotta uh, love them. I'm too sensitive <laughs> for that. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. All right, Gina, what are your thoughts on processed meat? Yes. Well, I've sort of alluded to this in previous episodes. I think I've I've been bringing up how our family, I'm just really trying to reduce my processed meat intake and my family's. I've talked to a few students. It's really these students who have been very vocal about this. Did you know that New York City recently banned processed meats from their public school system? I did not, but that's very interesting. I did not know that either until a student told me that and I verified it by looking it up on the internet. Apparently this is big news. But also the um, CDC, the Center for Disease Control, classifies processed meats as a class one carcinogen, which in other words means that to the CDC, there is sufficient evidence of carcinogenicity in humans. And so just about basically just to kind of do a a little overview of what that means is they researched over 800 studies to conclude that eating 50 grams of processed meat a day increases risk of colorectal cancer by 18%. So 50 grams of processed meat is equivalent to about, 
Well, it, it is, but it's not. I mean, it's about four strips of bacon or one hot dog. Oh, I'm thinking dog. 50 grams of protein, 15 grams of meat. Thank you. Right. Okay. Yeah. So not, yes, because it was 15 grams of protein and that's very difficult to do. Yes, exactly. But 50 grams by weight of the actual processed food, it's about four strips of cooked bacon um, or or four strips of, I guess it's really raw bacon, but yeah, it's four strips raw. Um, I don't know how many it would be actually cooked or one hot dog. I mean, if you put it into perspective with one hot dog, I mean, that's mm-hmm. super easy to do. Probably two um, medium-sized sausage links. Um, so overall, just to put that into perspective too, the increased uh, risk by 18%. So overall lifetime risk of colorectal cancer is 5%. So this would mean that your um, risk would go up to about 6%. So I think a lot of people get confused when they hear this increases your risk by 18%. You think, okay, well, if your if your risk right now is five percent, then that mean that means my risk is going to be twenty three percent. No, you take eighteen percent of five percent, and that's about one percent. So it increases your risk to about six percent. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it it doesn't even it, it is significant. It just doesn't sound as detrimental as, mm-hmm. as what the CDC is saying, I guess. But here's the thing: I do have colorectal cancer in my family, so I do think that this is important information to know. Definitely more research is needed. I also want to point out that the research that the CDC is has put on their on their website is all an epidemiological epidemi- I can't say this word epidemiological, epidemiological. <laughs> studies. So they're not randomized control studies, which is the you know gold standard. It's what proves cause and effect. You can't prove cause and effect with epidemiological studies. So I have a big problem with the fact that the CDC is saying that processed meats cause cancer when they're looking at non-randomized controlled studies. Anyway, I I think that's worth pointing out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So again, overall, there are definitely, there is more need for some high quality studies just to really uh, hone in on whether or not processed meats actually do cause cancer. But until then, that's what the CDC is saying. And I think it is worth um, consuming processed meats in moderation and in using substitutions wherever possible. I think I mentioned last time I had a recipe for that lasagna where they called for uh, just like sausage, ground sausage meat. And I used the Morningstar sausage meat. Turned out really, really good. It was delicious. I still also used regular ground beef. So it called for regular ground beef and sausage meat. I did half and half. It was delicious. Um, so yeah, well, I, I saw the the website that you put on here. Do you want to talk about that? The nitrates? Yeah, it was actually in consumer reports, which, um, you know, is, is solid reading, I would say. Um, and I, I'll link in the show notes, but it more or less came out saying that tests found deli meats labeled as uncured or no nitrates or nitrate free, um, still have nitrate levels similar to traditionally cured meats. And that was a little, disturbing to read. Um, you know, just finding nitrate-free meats is something that I have historically been very, very good about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a little disheartening to learn that. Um, I think that, like you said, there's, I, you know, we really have no intention of cutting out processed meats altogether and, and they're already used in moderation in our diet. Um, mm-hmm. but to your point, you know, colorectal cancer and processed meats, that, that correlation at least is, is, is there. And, you know, I think it's just one of those things that we can all be more mindful of. That's all. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So just, okay. I, I used to read Nutrition Action Newsletter, which was written by the Center for Science and the Public Interest. It's a really good read if anyone out there is looking just for a good, pretty well-priced, very actually not expensive at all, magazine to get. Did you ever read Nutrition Action Newsletter, Nicole? Uh, it does sound vaguely familiar. Okay. Well, they always had something in there about nitrates and nitrites, but the bottom line is we have all, I do the same thing. I always look for the nitrate-free, nitrite-free, because that's a preservative, okay? When you take nitrates and nitrites and you add amino acids that are found in protein, processed meats, and then you add high heat, it can cause nitrosamines, which are, you know, cancer-causing agents. And the bottom line is nitrates and nitrites are found naturally in tons of food, including Mm -hmm. fruits and vegetables. But we're not usually using high heat with fruits and vegetables. And fruits and vegetables are super low in protein. So the concern really isn't there. But what you just said, I think is from this article, which I I did read, I I appreciated you putting that in there. I think it's kind of a health halo, all these processed meats that say no Mm -hmm. nitrates or nitrites added. There's still natural, they still add these natural preservatives that also contain nitrates and nitrites. They're just not manufactured um, nitrates and nitrites, Mm -hmm. Um, but there's, they could still have the potential to cause, you know, or to create those carcinogens. Yeah. Healthy. The bottom line. That's perfect. That's, that's exactly what I was trying to say, Gina. Yeah. You're welcome. I really do. (laughs) I really do. So you said it fine. I just, I I really used to do so much research on this. I was really interested in nitrates when I was working at uh, at a grocery store, because I used to get so many questions. So I really dove into this hardcore. So I, I appreciated you putting that um, article in there. And that reminded me of Nutrition Action Newsletter, which I don't even get anymore, but I, I really should. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, that was good. All right. Switching gears mm-hmm. again. What mm-hmm. supplements do you and your kids take and why? Yeah, I didn't even fill this out. I'm, I'm looking at this, I, know, but I think I can figure so it out. so unlike you. I'm like looking at it going, did she miss this question? <laughs> I'm going to put her on the spot. It. I just didn't go, even Gina, fill it out. I'm not sure why. Okay. So here's, this is easy. I can, I, I got it. So I just take a, a regular multivitamin. It's basically like, like a one a day that I buy at Giant Eagle. So the generic brand of one a day um, that I make sure does have some iron in it since I'm still having my period. Very important, ladies. I take that. I also take vitamin D daily, which during the winter, I typically take on average 1,000 IUs per day. And I say on average, I I take Sorry. a 2,000. What? What was that? My, my phone keeps going crazy. Sorry. <laughs> it sounded like a drum. And I'm like, maybe she's breathing. <laughs> she is breathing. It's all good. <laughs> I'm glad you're breathing. <laughs> so then I take about 1,000 IUs on average or 1,500 IUs on average of vitamin D per day. And then I take, as we talked about last time, 250 <laughs> milligrams of magnesium per day to help with my, I was taking that during PMS, like that two weeks before my period to kind of help uh, ameliorate those PMS symptoms. But now I take it every day to maybe help with my blood sugars. We'll see if it actually helps. And then that's all that I take. My kids, I give Paige a full Flintstone vitamin every day and I give Cameron a half of one because you're not supposed to take a full one until they're four, I believe. And I, I mainly am doing that for iron because neither of them eat well enough where I think they're actually getting enough iron. They also take half of a Viactive, which I believe comes out to about an extra 500 milligrams of calcium or maybe 250. It's one of those. And then an extra maybe 400 IUs of vitamin D. And then that's all. That's all they take. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Maybe I'll remember when you continue talking. 
No, you sparked my my memory. We I got it from you actually. My kids do okay. half of Viactive Vi- as well. Um, okay, as well as a fiber gummy. I'm not exactly mm. sure why, and mm-hmm. that could probably st- like it's probably something I started when constipation was an issue, and now it's like candy to them, so they want their vitamins, right? Mm-hmm. So if I didn't offer the stupid fiber gummy, they would lose their ever loving minds. Um, the, and then a Flintstone vitamin, and just you know, kind of what you were saying because of the iron. And then I'm lazy, so I take like three or four of the <laughs> Flintstones, and I call that my <laughs> vitamin. Um, I mean, wait, you take. Wait a second. You take three or four at once? Yeah. I mean, I'm like quadruple their body weight. <laughs> I don't. This is real technical. Yeah. That seems that seems like a lot. No, Look at the iron. I'll, I'll it's the a math. full day of iron. It's 18 milligrams of iron. Oh. In one. <laughs> well. How are, how are your poops lately? <laughs> Well, on a number scale that was provided at Fancy, I'm a, no, I'm totally kidding. Um, no, okay, I'll look at it, Gina. I won't be lazy. Yeah, you gotta take My whole thing is like, I, I don't like swallowing pills. I'm very sensitive to the smells and the flavors mm-hmm. and I'm just bad at it. I do sure. take 2000 IUs a day of D3. Um, and mm-hmm. if I'm really suffering from migraines, which is just kind of, it kind of comes and goes, um, I, I can't really seem to get ahead of it, but I do occasionally take 300 milligrams of magnesium if if those okay. headaches kind of creep up. Um, kind of like the rest of the world, I do start on vitamin C and echinacea if there's just sick people around me a lot or um, I don't know. It's probably more just, again, that health halo. Uh, mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. I, I just remembered. So two things. So my my husband, Nick, does take Metamucil. He'll he'll get the Metamucil powder mm-hmm. <laughs> and make like a, a drink. It looks like Tang. And of course, Cameron <laughs> always wants to drink it. Uh-huh. And and I have you ever had Metamucil? I have. Oh, it's God. been a long time, I, but my mom drank it every day growing up. So Nick will put it in this, you know, cup and he'll shake it up. It has a lid on it with a little like spout. And he just chugs it. I mean, I, I basically, when I watch him chug it, I'm basically watching him as a college student chug beer. I can just see how he did it. Like he could, because he's done it before in front of me, like chugged a whole beer, like in two seconds. Whereas I try to chug a beer and it's like, I get two sips and I'm like, Bleh. he can chug this Metamucil with like, it, it, within like literally like two seconds, he takes it to the dome, like, like 16 ounces of this stuff. It is it to but, the dome. <laughs> but, but, and I was, so I tried it not too long ago because I'd never had it before. I'm like, it can't be that bad. Like, why do you have to chug it? Why can't you just sip it? It is terrible. Terrible. It's just gritty. It's not that bad of a flavor. No, it gets like thick. It turns into a gel. It, it's not even the grittiness. I mean, it, it's soluble fiber. I know, I know, but I kind of like don't want to know that when I'm drinking it. <laughs> it's like it chia just... seeds. Leave those puppies in water for a couple minutes and they are goop. But I would rather have chia. I'd rather have, I don't know. I don't know what it is about the Metamucil, but it is, I just can't, I, I, I can't even watch him drink it. I just get sick to my stomach. I, I'm sorry if anyone takes it on a regular basis because I'm probably really offending you right now, but I just, hey, just gotta do what thing. you gotta do, you know? <laughs> True. So I, every once in a while, and, and when I say every once in a while, I've not done that this, this, this year, I will give my kids the elderberry syrup. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I read that it's good for, you know, immunity. So for the first two years of both of my kids' lives, I gave them that. And I also gave them off and on fish oil 
uh, I can't remember the brand, but I would just give them like a teaspoon that equated to about 500 milligrams of DHA and EPA. I do not do that anymore. I just don't feel, I don't know. I just can't kind of like you. It's just, it's just too much to keep track of. It's just too many things. So I just keep it to the basics, the, the multivitamin and the calcium and vitamin D. Mm-hmm. All right. We're, I think this is our last question. Uh, yeah. Listener asks, should I monitor my kids' sugar intake? Mm-hmm. What you think? This is, pretty, this is a very loaded question. I mean, there's so many. Mm-hmm. Just, to, just to kind of give an overview so you have some context, the recommendation for kids ages 2 to 18 is less than six teaspoons of added sugar per day, which is about 24 grams. This is obviously a very wide age range. So I would say ages 2 to 10 aim for less than 15 grams of added sugar per day. Then ages 11 to 18 aim for less than 24. Okay, so what does that mean? So I'm going to put that into perspective for you. About two tablespoons of my daughter's favorite syrup that she uses every morning has 15 grams of of sugar, added sugar. So basically, my daughter, I would argue, gets her daily sugar amount in her breakfast. And I will, I'll be the first to admit that. So should you keep a close eye on your child's intake? In my professional and personal opinion, the answer is no. Uh, but should you be watchful and try to have an authoritative approach? In other words, love with limits? I think definitely. Uh, so it's just to talk a little bit about some of the things that I've done in our house, especially now that I know I keep saying this, but if I am really prone to diabetes, my my kids are also going to most likely get some of my same genes and may also have a higher, they do, they have a higher chance of getting diabetes or being pre-diabetic. Let's hope I never actually get diabetes. Uh, so some things that I've done uh, is starting with breakfast. We, I know she wants sugar or syrup on her pancakes without fail, and she literally will dunk her entire piece in the syrup. It's disgusting, but I try not to make a big deal about it. We just add less sugar to the pancake mix when we make them, and I try to look for the lower sugar, you know, frozen waffles or pancakes when I'm out. I also, this is a trick that I've, I've used and you say what you will, but I do buy the light syrup. I don't buy the sugar-free. I don't, the light syrup is basically, it doesn't have any aspartame in it or, in it or mm. anything. It just has less sugar. I also will cut the syrup with some water. She will literally go through like a fourth of a cup of syrup. So I'll do like two tablespoons of syrup and then the other two tablespoons water and mix it up. And I, she doesn't even notice. So there's a trick for you. <laughs> <laughs> I also buy the less sugar ketchup. Like I said, I also look for yogurts because my kids generally generally will eat yogurt and I look for 10 grams or less total sugar in yogurt. I try to pack fruit for their dessert instead of, a, you know, fruit by the foot or fruit snacks as much as possible. I also offer my kids dessert every day, but just once. So they're allowed to have a dessert every day. They can choose when they're going to have it. Uh, and I don't really put a limit on it as long as it's not ridiculous. And I also don't, you know, have, I don't watch them too closely at parties. I let them kind of um, take care of themselves, specifically Paige. I would not necessarily Cameron. He's a little bit too young. But when it comes to desserts, if she wants to have two pieces of cake, I'm not going to say no. So I definitely do love with limits uh, very much when it comes to sugar. What about mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I definitely don't monitor uh, their sugar intake at all. And 
you know, some kind of similar to yourself. My kids are in a daycare system and I am not monitoring them day in and day out, but we exactly. I do pack their lunches. And similar to you, I think yogurt is one of those pitfalls that if you're going to spend time in the grocery aisles anywhere. Yogurt is probably one of the best places to spend that time. Um, and hopefully with the new label guidelines coming out with the added sugar being, you know, separate from total sugar, that will help yes. consumers really understand a bit more about the composition of the sugar in the yogurt, because mm-hmm. as we know, dairy has natural sugars, lactose. Um, right. So that should get a little bit easier. But, you know, th- simple things like juice uh, is for special occasions only. Um, and really during like during the weekdays, I, I mean, my kids kind of eat similar to myself, like the weekdays are probably much more. They're just probably overall better nutritionally. Um, mm-hmm. And the weekends are probably a little bit less so. One or two nights a week, I'll offer a dessert of some kind, um, and that may mm-hmm. even just be fruit with dinner. It's not every night, probably because they've been eating like crap for dinner, and <laughs> I can't wrap my mind around, yeah, you're not going to eat a thing for dinner, but you're going to eat a piece of your Halloween candy. Um, right. So I, you know, I just try and make it not the focus, and I'm not going to say, if you eat this, then you can have that. So right. um, it's, it's just one of those things I try and kind of sneak them, sneak, sneak it up on them. Like, oh, here you go. Choose one. And they're like, tonight we can have dessert. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're not the most evil mother ever. (laughs) Um, So it's kind of fun when they're not expecting it to to offer it. Um, But yeah, I I don't really do any reduced sugar condiments. We just kind of use them sparingly. Yeah. 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 And and I think I kind of I don't know. Sometimes I do regret that I've kind of gotten Paige into this habit of having dessert every day. But I kind of started it as, you know, I like to have dessert every day. Mm-hmm. And when I say dessert, I'm not talking about like a sit down bowl of ice cream with, you know, hot fudge and cherry and whipped cream. Literally, like she'll have, you know, four Skittles um, or today they had popsicles. Mm-hmm. So it's usually very simple. And I do not require them to finish their meal or eat their vegetables in order to get it. They know they're going to get it regardless. And it doesn't seem to affect what they eat either way. So yeah, it's just, it's just, it's worked for us. Yeah. No, I love it. All right. So any new mom wins or favorite new products? Okay. So I've got three. So first the Yumble. I, I didn't really get to talk about it that much, but I'll just briefly say I love okay, so the first box we got. So we've been doing this thing where we sit at dinner together and we have questions that we ask each other and I pretend like I'm holding cards. Because I heard about the these these cards that you could buy on Amazon, they're conversation cards. So I told Paige maybe she'll get them for Christmas, and um, but I I kind of pretend to be reading cards. She knows I'm faking, and I'll just ask random questions. Well, in our first Yumble box, we, it came with about fifty conversation cards, so that was a very huge fun surprise. So I'm pretty sure everyone who orders a box gets that with their first box, and they're just really fun. So we've gotten through about probably fifteen of them. So we go through about two a day. And so that's really fun. We had Cameron did not love his because, you know, he's super choosy, but Paige mm-hmm. has had now two of the meals. So we've just done it. We had it. We actually received our first box last Monday or maybe last Wednesday. And we've only had them for two nights. So we did it um, the first day we got it on Wednesday and then we did it tonight again. And Paige ate everything in her plate both times, which is great. In fact, I would say the one downside is that she seems to want a yumble meal every single night. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's good and bad. It's a pro and a con. So use I'll, I'll take it. promo code diet dish fifty. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Gina. <laughs> <Once again. laughs> I know. 
So it's only for first time users, uh, FYI. If you've always, yeah, if you've already ordered Yumble, you're not going to be able to use that, but you already know how great it is. So, you know, you don't need to try it out. You already know. All right, two more things. I already, actually, I'm not going to talk about that one. I'm just going to mention real quick. People have, so I have curly hair for those of you who don't know. You have very curly hair. Know, it's very curly. Yeah. So I have never been able to find a product that, that I've loved. I typically use a mixture of the Aveda products and then some John Frieda, like Frizz Ease products. They generally do really well on my hair, but people have been telling me about this Diva Curl. I finally decided to buy it. I kept telling myself I have to run out of my other products first before I buy a new one, but I was like, whatever, I'm not going to wait. So I bought this Diva Curl Cream um, at Target. It smells divine. And I will say my my hair, while it's still not perfect and it never will be, <laughs> the frizz, the frizziness has tampered down a bit. It feels soft and smooth. I really love the product. So I'm, I'm really curious to know if anyone else has used this Diva Curl and if there are any other products that they make that I should buy. Just so you know, I've got very fine, curly hair, but just really lots of it. Uh, so yeah, definitely needing something as we get into, I am already thinking about the summer. Obviously, the summer is when I need more products. So if anyone has recommendations for other Diva Curl products, um, give us a shout out um, or email me and let me know. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I love you. Um, well, I didn't know we could do hair products. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I know I I threw that in there. (laughs) My friend actually sells Mary Kay and I am the laziest girl. Like Siri, if I take off my makeup, first of all, I sleep in my makeup half the time. Like if I don't shower at night, which I kind of shower whenever it makes sense, like with my workout (laughs) routine, which is daily. Okay. It just changes between morning and evening. Um, but it's all right. I skip shower sometimes. Like I just take off my makeup with face wash in the shower and I don't moisturize and I'm getting old. So I have wrinkles. And I was like, okay, Nicole, like get serious. I mean, you need, you need to stop like the aging process a little bit here. Um, <laughs> and so I, I bought some new skincare products. One of them is like a collagen. I'll report back. I'm not going to say. Oh it, yeah. So. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Uh, but my food win is Dave's killer bread, which I've loved for a long time. It's mm-hmm. a great bread. Um, very easy to find in the grocery stores, but they also have a thinly sliced version, okay. which I like a lot. Um, so okay. sometimes, especially for a sandwich, it's like, it's just a little bit too much bread. I just, I, I just appreciate the thinly sliced. So that's something I haven't previously been able to find. So mom went there, okay. uh, or maybe that's a favorite new product. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I've heard of days killer, but I've actually never tried it. So I'll have to give it a try. You must. It I is know. so good. It's expensive, but it's, it's worth it. I'm not a, okay. we don't eat a whole ton like a ton of bread. So it lasts forever. Um, all right. So let's read a review. LM David said, I've been following Nicole and Gina since their early blogging days, and they've always been my favorites. How about that? Uh, they provide information in a clear, concise way, but also in a very relatable way. I have a five-year-old son and three-year-old daughter. So it's fun to hear their parenting stories and to know that we're all in this parenting thing together. And I love it. And that might, is that a, is that a guy? Like, that'd be awesome if it was a guy. That would be David? Really cool. I don't know. Um, all these aliases. Wait, that, I don't know who you that are. That just reminded me of something, and I can't think of what it was. I've totally lost my train of thought. Oh, oh, oh. So we're announcing the winner of the giveaway on the next episode, by the way. So but by the time this comes out, there will still be time to submit either a review uh, or share our giveaway post, which we actually have on our Instagram. If you go to our Instagram page, you'll, you'll see it. It says giveaway. You can share that on your story, tag us, and we will add you into uh, the giveaway uh, pile. You'll be entered to win. 
And it is a fancy kind of grab bag with a bunch of coupons and um, samples and fun stuff like that. Even a, a book about. Uh, I'm going to throw in a cookbook too. Throw in it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. I'll even let the winner choose which one they want. Oh, how sweet of you, Nicole. I know. I'm, feel- right. I'm feeling generous. Feeling <laughs> in the holiday spirit. Let's go, people. Oh, yes. Good. Get your reviews a-flowing. Um, <laughs> cool. Anything else before we wrap it up? I do not think so. No. So don't right. forget, Diet Dish 50 to try Yumble. Coming up on December 8th, we will be dishing about gift ideas for wellness junkies. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review to get entered to win um, a giveaway. We promise it only takes a few seconds and you don't even have to write anything. Although if you want to be entered into the giveaway, you do. Uh, You can just fill out the stars otherwise. Until next time, everyone and Nicole, be well. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.